A little baby block, get that garbage out of here. What it do, baby? Yeah, yo, what do you know? There's a new NBA champion, and it's a team from Toronto, Canada. OG with a look, got it! OG and Anobi at the buzzer! Oh, like, because my shot, I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot shot like this. Hello and welcome to the What It Do Toronto Raptors podcast. My name is Drew Orton and let's get into it. The Raptors are back to 500 for the first time since the 13th of November after they earned a 129 to 104 win over the San Antonio Spurs. They've been playing well of late as they've just gotten their guys back and it looks like everybody's starting to gel again. They've won uh, three of their last four, I believe, and they face a tough test tomorrow against Milwaukee. That'll be a good game to see whether this Raptors team is legit or not. They will be in the future, but right now they're up and coming and it would be very interesting to see how they develop as the season goes on, as they can get more and more minutes together with this young core, finally. The Raptors started off slow, but they picked it up midway through the first quarter and they managed to find themselves up one after the first, which was huge. They were turning the ball over. They didn't look so great on offense or on defense. Jakob Pertl finished, I think, with about 19 points, 12 rebounds. He was dominating them as the Raptors didn't have a ton of size in the interior when they went with their smaller lineups. Uh, luckily, Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam led the way. Fred Van Vliet had 33 points, 7 assists, 2 steals and he was crucial for the Raptors. He was hitting clutch shot after clutch shot. Uh, he took control of the game with both his scoring and his playmaking, and he just knew exactly what the Raptors needed every time he touched the ball. It was magical. He just was the epitome of a floor general tonight. Pascal Siakam also quietly returning to all-star form. He had 18, 12, and five, and was a team high plus 26. He shot 7 of 13 from the field, uh, including 2 of 2 from 3. It's really important he gets his 3-point stroke. That's going to be the difference maker for him being an all-star or a superstar. And Gary Trent Jr. had a good game as well. 21 points off of 50% from the floor. Uh, looked a little shaky at times, but when he was in rhythm, he was really in rhythm. The Raptors as a whole played very well defensively. They managed to get deflections and stops and steals and blocks and just run in transition. And that was really key for them getting their offense going. They put up 129 points, which uh, is very good for this team as they usually hover right around the 100 to 105 mark. OG Ananobi was a key part in this. He's always playing stellar defense. This game, not so much from the offensive side of the ball. It was 5 of 14 from the field for 7 uh excuse me, for 14.7 rebounds, but uh, wasn't looking quite as sharp on the offensive end. He might need a bit of time to get back into the swing of things. Some of his shots are just rimming out. It looks like he's almost there, but not quite. One player that really impressed me today, Justin Champagny, 14 points in 13 minutes. He was four of five from three, and he was big in getting the Raptors some of those energy minutes while the starters were able to rest a little bit. Scotty Barnes as well, very impressive. Didn't look like he had all that much time in the spotlight tonight, but he finished with 11 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, off four of seven shooting. So he wasn't taking up the ball too much. He was always making the right play and he was always in the right spot to either get an assist, a bucket or a board. 
and he was flirting with a triple-double. Doesn't have one yet, but he's getting closer. The way he can pass, the way he can run the floor, the way he can shoot, and the way he can use his athleticism and footwork in the paint to get rebounds is astonishing for such a young player. I'm really looking forward to see him develop for the rest of the year. As I said earlier, Jakob Hurdle led the way for the Spurs, 19 points, 12 rebounds, and four assists as well. He made some nice passes from in the paint to some open cutters, and he was 9-13 from the floor. That's huge for them. If they can get Jakob Hurdle to average a double-double, then they would have a huge inside presence, and that would really open up the floor for their young guards. Now, they didn't have DeJounte Murray tonight, so not at full strength, but a Raptors win's a Raptors win. I will gladly take it. Now, Joshua Primo, a young rookie, looks like he's 14 years old, from Mississauga, and he looked good. A bit raw, but he had 15 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and he was making some good making some good plays on both sides of the ball. He had two blocks as well. He was playing good defense. He was keeping up with Fred Van Vliet, gave him trouble a couple of times, and that's hard to do on the perimeter. So I'm really looking forward to watching him develop, and hopefully he ends up actually going out and playing for the Canadian national team when he's a little bit more polished. But I like the kid. All in all, this game was mostly over in the second quarter after the Raptors went on about a 24-10 run, approximately, to take the lead at halftime. And then in the third quarter, the Spurs were playing well. They kind of cut it to eight, but the Raptors just turned on another gear and they pulled away and were able to get some garbage time minutes from guys like Banton and Flynn and Bonga. Now in obvious Raptor news, Fred Van Vliet has been the heart and soul of the team this year. He's been our best player for most of the year, I have to admit. And he's being rewarded for it in the advanced analytics, the stats, the media. Uh, in terms of on-off, he is plus 21.4. That is the second highest in the entire league. He is just ahead of Steph Curry and a few points behind Nikola Jokic, both MVP candidates. So that should show you the type of impact that Fred is having on the Raptors so far this year and really should silence any of the doubters. Hopefully it also makes a case for him to be an all-star this year. He's having the best season of his career and a similar season to a Kyle Lowry all-star year. And with Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons out, there are a couple extra spots for the guards this year. I'd like to see him get in, but it's going to be tough. You got Trey Young, James Harden, Drew Holiday. So he's probably going to get a bench spot from a coach if he does get in. But surely coaches will see that he's putting in an all-star caliber season so far. Now for a quick around the horn in the NBA. The Nets still look amazing. The Bucks still look amazing. The Sixers look beatable without a true point guard out there, but with Joel Embiid, they're still a force to be reckoned with. Uh, Miami hopefully gets Jimmy Butler back soon. He hurt his ankle on a non-contact play. Uh, we have yet to hear back as of this point, so hopefully it's not too serious for them. They've been ravaged with injuries so far this year. Not so much with COVID, surprisingly. Uh, just regular old injuries. Uh, the Wizards and the Hornets are starting to slow down, fall back to earth a little bit. And meanwhile, the Chicago Bulls 
now look like contenders. They look like they just can't be beaten with the way that they're playing. Not only do they blow out teams, but in these close games, they have Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan to finish out. And DeMar DeRozan is proving himself to be one of the most clutch players in the NBA, leading the league in points per game in the fourth quarter on a very high shooting percentage. And just recently was the first player in NBA history to hit back-to-back -back game winners two days in a row. Crazy. This man hits two three-pointers, one from the corner and one a one-legged three-point shot from the top. Just incredible. The man has ice water in his veins, and I'm glad that he's finally getting the recognition he deserves. He's in the MVP conversation as of right now. Honestly, he really is. He's having the best season of his whole career, which is incredible. All it took was having two other all-stars beside him and a stellar pass-first point guard. Who knew when you stack talent that you'd be good? Huh. Maybe all the teams should try that. In the Western Conference, the Warriors still look like the team to beat. They're crushing teams without their players in, without some of their starters in. They've beaten teams without Wiggins, beaten teams without Draymond, beaten teams without Steph, and doing it all without Klay Thompson. He has yet to make his first appearance. Should make an appearance this upcoming weekend. It's been hinted at, and the timeline says that he should be back on Sunday. So we'll see the Splash Bros reunited for the first time in two years. Crazy how long Clay's been out. Uh, but you can't keep a good man down, and he is going to just light up the league when he gets back. The amount of spacing that they have already, then adding Clay Thompson, he's going to get some really good looks until he gets back into the swing of things, I think. That team is just unreal right now. All of their role players are playing high level and high leverage basketball. It's a beautiful thing to see. The Suns also still look very, very good. Can't forget about them. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, some of their role guys, campaign, Cam Johnson, still playing really good ball. The Grizzlies look unreal right now. Jaw's playing out of his mind, but he always is playing out of his mind. This might just be a new norm for him. And they're in fourth place right now, maybe up even to third. Uh, the Jazz ahead of them, they still look amazing. Rudy Gobert may be one of the best defensive centers ever. People pick on him for his defense, but he can't be in two places at once. He's got to guard everybody on that team because nobody else is a plus defender in that starting lineup. He's the only reason that their defense is around league average. If he wasn't on the floor, they would be getting blown out even if they scored 120 a game. It's incredible how much impact he has, and he still gets so much criticism for their defense. It's not his fault, guys. The Dallas Mavericks look decently happy. Kristaps Porzingis is returning to form, and that's huge for them. Although their coaching hire and Jason Kidd is still a big question mark to me. I just don't think he's going to be able to outcoach anybody in a playoff series, and that's crucial when talent is so high one through eight in the Western Conference. Portland still looks just sad. They they need to do something, but the way that their roster is constructed, they just look like they're gonna be mediocre 
until Dame retires or forces his way out. Uh, just feel bad. They've made so many neutral or slightly positive moves, but they haven't had that home run ball and they haven't been able to tank for a lottery pick either. So they're just stuck similar to the Pacers, but the Pacers are looking to blow it up. And speaking of teams that have tanks, Orlando has a gem in Franz Wagner. He is currently leading the rookie of the year ladder because he averaged 30 points in the span of about two weeks. He was looking just insane. Uh, even Giannis had said that this kid has no limit in terms of the potential he could reach. Similarly, Cade Cunningham is looking amazing again, and Jalen Green is looking to have figured it out. Uh, Cunningham has dropped, I think, 25 in four of his last five, and so is Jalen Green. They both look amazing, and from what I hear, Cade Cunningham is also running the offense well through the point, making the right passes, but also being able to finish his own shot. So they're gonna have they're gonna have a squad, uh, both uh, Detroit and Orlando. Uh, not right away, obviously, but they're looking bright for the future, which uh, is nice for them because those teams haven't had hope in a while. Now we move over into petty sports news. Uh, this past week, I threw for more passing yards than the New York Giants did in their game over the weekend. They threw for negative passing yards. Unbelievable how bad that team is. Moving on to more petty sports news, the Seattle Mariners have the longest playoff drought in the history of any sport. They are 20 years removed from their last playoff appearance in 2001. <laughs> uh, nice. And lastly, I just want to give a thank you to DeMar DeRozan, uh, who him and his family invited me to spend Christmas with them. Uh, I had to decline, but they were so nice about it, I just couldn't risk flying over into the States. Uh, but uh, no, he's such a, such a good guy. He just invited me and he said, come on, man, DeMar DeMarrier. I'm so sorry. That'll do it for this episode of the What It Do Toronto Raptors podcast. I've been your host, Drew Horton. Thanks for listening. Have a happy new year and stay safe out there. This has been your friendly neighborhood podcaster signing off. Peace.